0: Welcome to Backboard Banter on the Board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. We're the banter's as ferocious as today's trade deadline, buddy.
1: Oh, man, man, what a time. I'm glad I went out and helped my brother move some furniture uh, into an apartment for a little while because otherwise I was just at my computer just f 5 f 5 like, is Lowry <laughs> getting traded? Like, what's going on? And there was some deals, Matt. Wow, what a day.
0: Man, absolute big deals. I don't think... It was as big as people anticipated. Obviously, we kept Kyle, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, But yeah, definitely some cool trades. Definitely a lot to talk about with the NBA. Um, So I'm pretty excited about it. But man, are we just cursing teams and cursing ourselves? Because Oklahoma, man, despite Cade Cunningham dropping 24 points, got bounced.
1: Gone. Sad, Matt. I don't know if I did it to them. But yeah, they didn't even make it into the round 16. Poor Cade, but I mean he gets to chill now until the draft. So unfortunate, but Matt, I mean you cursed us right at home, the <coughs> raps themselves. One three, three one. What what's going on here, dude? What's what are you doing to us? Man, I thought we were gonna go
0: three and one, put ourselves back into purgatory. You know, I thought we were gonna look like we did against the Nuggets last night all week, but it went the opposite way, and it looks like we're heading for the basement. But who knows when we keep Kyle, if we're going to fight for that last final playoff spot in the playing games, it makes it all more
1: complicated this year. That's it, right, Matt? Like, I joke every week. Has it changed? Like, aren't we just still in the same spot? Like, isn't that Raps basketball? But, Matt, we're getting too ahead of ourselves. I want to hear about the NHL because you were saying that COVID's been running rampant. Things are shocking up. You know, Buffalo, they still can't just get a win. Like, what's going on over there?
0: Man. Can they absolutely not get a win? Well, first, we'll start with COVID, though. There's about a quadrupling from last week in terms of COVID uh, players tested. It went from 3 to 12. I think we've had like four games this week postponed due to COVID. Um, We got a bunch of players on Anaheim, Dan Heinen, Ben Hutton, Jacob Larson, Anthony Solars, Boston's got Jake DeBrusque, Sean Corrales, Minnesota's got Zach Parisi, the New York Rangers have Philip DiGiuseppe and Brett Howden. The Vancouver Canucks picked up Travis Boyd off waivers from the Toronto Maple Leafs, so he's on that list. But the Montreal Canadiens are the real kind of story of the week. Because COVID's been pretty much attributed to the United States teams and Canada hasn't really had a scare. They did have a little bit of a delay one time when Yessi uh, Pugliarvi tested positive. It was a false positive, though. Um, so they pushed back the game about an hour. But this time, it's confirmed. Either Yoel Armia or Jasper Eikok tested positive for a COVID-19 variant. They haven't released which player. And the other player was in very close contact. So both players have to go on league protocol. Um, and now we're waiting and seeing because they're not going to open up their their facilities until March 29th again. Uh, so they're going to miss the Edmonton series and the the Ottawa game. So that kind of sucks. I was really disappointed about it. I really wanted to watch the Montreal games this week. It didn't get anything. But the cool little stat that I still have, even though they're only 31 games into the season, they have the fifth fewest regulation losses out of Every team in the NHL. So even though they suck in overtime, finally got that monkey off their back with a shootout win in the blue jerseys. Hopefully that broke, broke that curse. <laughs> you know, there, there's still a lot of hope with this team. So hopefully it works out. Um, if it doesn't, at least
1: they tried. <laughs> um, I mean, I love, I love that stat, dude. I think it's pretty exciting. I'd love to hear how they're doing in terms of overtime losses versus the rest of the league, but I, I won't get you to, to pull that for me.
0: Dude, they're like 1-9 in in games that go to overtime. It is pretty pathetic, but not as pathetic as the Buffalo Sabres who just keep on losing, man. 15 15?
1: Short, yeah, yeah. Oh.
0: Eight points back of the second-last team in the NHL That's just absolutely brutal. I feel for those guys. Uh, They're missing some players and they're, they're firing their coach. So it's just not going well for them. Um, But things are starting to shake out in the NHL. Kind of like people would have expected. Big shock in the North division for me this year has been Winnipeg. I had them on the outside looking in in the playoffs. If you go back to my article, I knew that they were going to have a great offense, good forwards. I didn't expect, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois to be a part of the team, but hey, Patrick Line for Pierre-Luc Dubois, pretty good switch. Um, but man, I really thought that defensive core was not going to be able to handle the rigors of the NHL season this year. They've got a guy, they've got two guys actually, Derek Forbott and Dylan DeMello, who are part of their top four, um, who have just not been great players, but this year somehow figured it out. And are really supporting Pionk and Morrissey. I've always liked Neil Pionk since uh, he went end-to-end on my Montreal Canadiens one game. I was like, dang, that guy's a player. But, man, they did a really good job. And Hellebuck, he's repeating as a Vesna candidate. Uh, Even though his numbers are a little down, he's gone from like a 9.22 to a 9.16 and a 2.56 to a 2.65. But, hey man, that's still not bad. They've got the most players with 20 plus points in this division and that's saying something when you got a team like the Leafs in this
1: division so doing well. I mean it's it's tough north of the border up here in Canada you know they're doing pretty good I gotta say. Man they've got so many teams
0: that just score at such a ridiculous rate it is
1: wild. You love to hear it.
0: Yeah man but that's really about it for me in the NHL. I'm really excited to jump on that hardwood because There was a lot to talk about this week, man.
1: Okay, well, let me roll over the stuff that has to be mentioned because, you know, we we obviously want to get to this trade deadline madness, but we got to mention the important things. COVID, not quite NHL this week. Only one player tested positive. The only other exciting news I have is that uh, apparently 14 uh, Atlanta Hawks players got together and got their first vaccine doses. So obviously they're excited about the potential to get back to some normalcy as players. Matt, let's talk injuries, because there's some serious ones that might affect some teams coming to the future. Should we start with LeBron, that high ankle sprain? It's going to be several weeks. The Lakers are in a weird place now because both AD and LeBron are injured. We don't know when they're going to come back. They didn't make any real moves at this trade deadline, are now going to have to survive for the next little while in a tight playoff race.
0: Man, it's going to be a super tight playoff race. I expect them to start falling in the standings. And these injuries this, this week, man, they, they're they going to have a lot of effect on the hardware that's being passed out. I mean, LeBron was in that MVP trophy conversation. And now with this high ankle sprain, who knows if he's going to be able to do it? I do want to mention that he kept his 10-game point streak or 10-plus points game streak alive since he's been working on it since 2007 the guy rolled his ankle got a high ankle sprain still in out there and hit a corner three just to hit 10 points they call a timeout pull him off yeah
1: Yeah, that was such a nice shot yeah I was gonna say LeBron just like man I gotta get out of here but also like I I can't I can't not hit 10 let's just okay let's go let's move on yeah (laughs) it's crazy LeBron doing crazy things but it's unfortunate and yeah the Lakers are gonna struggle you mentioned the races are going to be changed because of these injuries. Lamelo Ball, that wrist, he's out. Matt, I've heard so many different things. People say four weeks, six weeks till his injury's done, and then he's got a rehab. There's word that he might come back for the play and if they can get there. Like, I don't know, but it's tough for the Hornets right now.
0: Man, tough to be in fourth place and lose one of your best players for sure. I mean, the East right now is kind of a crapshoot. Be behind uh, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn. You got a bunch of 500-ish teams kind of all jockeying for position. That's why I even feel like if our Raptors did go on a little bit of a run, we might be able to make the play-in game, man.
1: Man, anything is possible. I made that comment a few weeks ago about how you know the Heat were going to have to make a decision if they were going to join that top three up there, and they've fallen back into the second tier. Now, we'll talk about some trades later that mean that they're probably, hopefully, going to get back up there, but... Yeah, it's unfortunate for Lamelo. The Hornets they did pick up um, Brad Wanamaker, you know, uh, a nice guard from Golden State to relieve some of those things. But I think the Hornets will be okay. They might fall back, but I think as long as they can keep playing smart, you know, Hayward is doing his things. Like they're a good team, and they'll be in the playoff race, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think they'll probably stay in the playoff race um, with everything that they have. But losing Lamelo is is a big deal to them, and uh man was having a fantastic season definitely rookie of the year type season runaway
1: rookie of the year type season yeah tough man it's hard to see it you know i just heard recently like i don't know where this came from i was reading about it this morning and i hadn't heard it before uh shay gillies alexander he's got plantar fasciitis and he's gonna be out for who knows how long i mean matt i remember when we were talking about uh hayward having it last year so maybe uh Uh, It's unfortunate for him and the Thunder, I mean, they're still rebuilding. They've got the most ridiculous amount of picks in the history of all. They gained more today, but uh, tough when your young kid goes down with that type of injury.
0: Yeah, man. He's a stud. He's an absolute stud. And the the plantar fascia is one of those, um, I think it's a tendon that just doesn't necessarily heal that quickly. When I, uh, you know, I sold shoes and, Mm -hmm. and we sold shoes specifically to help insulate the plantar fascia because... People who get this kind of ongoing issue, they don't really ever recover from it. It's it's going to be super hard. He's going to have to kick kick his feet up and and really take it easy and uh, really not push it back too hard because he's a fantastic player and I'd love to see him continue to develop into the player that he's going to become.
1: Yes, hopefully we want to see that. He's he's a, he's an unreal talent. But hey, worst case Ontario, Matt the. Uh, the OKC, they've got 47 draft picks in the next how many years to to work around him, so if they have to trade him in some picks for a start, they'll figure it out. I'm not worried about that team at all in the future.
0: it's I'm pretty sure like 17 first-rounders, 17 second-rounders in the next seven years. It's dumb.
1: It it's is wild. dumb. Okay, Matt, <laughs> so the only other injury to make note of is that uh, Curry's tailbone inflammation has been mentioned. It's going to be another week or so. Tough for Golden State, but I mean... That's just the story of Golden State in the recent years, so nothing new for them.
0: Yeah, man, they've just been getting hit by that injury bug after they went on that magical four- or five-year run. I think it's a, a kind of a KD karma curse for uh, stealing him away from OKC and making it so easy for them to win those championships after. Um, so, hey, man, they still got a good roster. Uh, I thought maybe they should go after
1: Vucevic. I thought that would have been nice, but... Oh, man, Vucevic. Okay, so we've gotten through the injuries. It's deadline madness time. Do you want to start with Vooch? Should we start with that blockbuster? Because I'm with you, though. I totally thought that Golden State might be able to make a play. He was definitely available. I mean, I think that this trade deadline was really just the Orlando Magic having a fire sale, which I was hoping that we would do, but we'll get into that later. Um, Matt, where do you want to start?
0: Man, I would love to start with the Vooch. Um You're right. They did have a fire sale. They were looking to get to get this uh, team blown up and to kind of bottom out. They got Wendell Carter Jr., who was a I believe he was a lottery pick. Yeah. Um Otto Porter Jr. Eh, he's okay. A first round pick, top four protected, and a 2023 first round pick as well. They did pretty well in this deal, if if you ask me. What do you think? Um.
1: Yes, the Bulls. I mean, the Magic, the Bulls, I think both are pretty happy in this deal for what they're looking for. I think the Magic, you know, when it, when the, when it came out that Gordon was definitely moving, you know, and it was time for this trade to happen, I knew that somewhere it was going to happen, but man, I w- you, you mentioned it, right? You thought the Bulls were potentially an option. For me, it was left field. I wasn't expecting it.
0: Man, I thought it, it would be a good option just for Zach Levine. Um, I know that they had the assets in, in a guy like, uh, Wendell Carter who they could return back uh, to give them another center out there not that they need centers out in Orlando they got so nope. many um, but man it was it was a good trade I think he's probably the third best center in the NBA averaging 25-12-4 I think it's a great trade for them pairs really well with Zach Levine Um, They're going to be
1: so good together in the pick and roll. Like, I'm so excited to watch them play together. I didn't mean to break up your thought.
0: No, dude. (laughs) Do it up, man. I think they're going to definitely bounce up from, what are they, the 10th seed right now? Yeah, they're definitely going to bounce up. And, you know, if I was at Charlotte, if I was Atlanta, um, I'd be kind of nervous that Chicago's coming for my spot.
1: Okay, Matt, I want to ask you a question because I remember way back at the beginning of this season... Markel Fultz has an injury. Um, they're still missing the one young kid whose name I can't remember. Cole Anthony. And, yeah, and so we're sitting here in this Magic team. We're like, what are they going to do? Are they going to Are they gonna fade? Are they going to figure it out? And it's crazy to think that, you know, a single injury like Markel Fultz potentially led up to this crazy deadline that the Magic ended up happening.
0: Yeah, man. 100%. I think they were doing pretty well at the beginning of the season when they had Markel. They were yeah, a they shocking were they team. started.
1: They started with, like, five wins in, like, seven games or something. They were positive right out of the bat. It was a shame that injury happened.
0: Yeah, unlike us, who were 1-8, and man. But definitely a shame that that injury happened. It's probably a good thing for them anyways at the end of the day because they weren't going to ever be elite with that core group that they had. Vucevic is a great piece. Aaron Gordon's a great piece. I like Evan Fournier. I like Markel Fultz. I like Cole Anthony. But they didn't seem to fit very well together. That and the discrepancy in age.
1: You're never going to get them peaking at the same time. I think it was the right call. I totally agree. Okay, Matt, should we move on to the other big, massive, important moment? Aaron Gordon, he's joining the Nuggets of all teams. Super excited to see what happens there. Dude,
0: that that's a scary team right now. Um, They only had to give up Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a 2025 top five, a first round pick top five protection. That's not
1: bad. So obviously, Matt, the biggest loss here is the defense of Gary Harris, but you're right. Not bad to what they gave up. Man.
0: Yeah. Gary Harris provides some good guard defense, but at the end of the day, I think that they'll be able to replace him by committee and, Aaron Gordon is definitely an upgrade on those two players. Uh, just what he provides and, and kind of his style of play, I think he's going to do really well off ball and uh, playing off guys like Nikola Jokic and oh, Ch- Jamal Murray and uh, even uh, Porter Jr.
1: They're starting five. Like You just have to figure out who you're fitting in at the shooting guard rotation, right? Uh, whether that's, uh, what is it, Will Barton, right? Cause, um Probably. It's just scary what the potential is and the Nuggets made a bold decision that they wanted to be somebody. And you look at Aaron Gordon as a player who has obviously wanted out, has obviously not had his head in the game for a while now with the Magic and this opportunity for him joining a team with an MVP front runner, I'm going to say it, that's Jokic now because of all these injuries, like this could be fantastic and like a dream come true for both teams, you know? Yeah, man. Okay, what do you think about
0: this kind of starting five? If you... Well, I guess you wouldn't put Nikola at the at the one, um, but you could put Jamal, Barton, Porter, Gordon, and Jokic.
1: That's scary, man. Yeah. No, that's definitely scary. And then the bench options, you know, they figure out who fits where, but, like... There's rotational options. Think about the cutting capabilities with the way that Jokic knows what to do with the ball. Like, man, Denver's coming. I'm excited. I'm happy for them. At the end of the day,
0: man, you texted me. Denver's gonna win a chip. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, I was. I, I, this was when I was like just coming back. I was like, I don't know what's happening. There's trades everywhere. I was reading weird Twitter burners and thinking that you know um, Kyle Kuzma was getting traded for. For Kyle Lowry, like, I was upset with a lot of things. So, yeah, I guess I was going crazy at that time. But I think it's a great pickup. I'm really excited to see where that team goes. And, I mean, you think about the West right now with the Lakers slowly falling, you know. The Clippers, I mean, we'll get to the Clippers and their move for Rondo later. The Suns have been unreal recently. So the Nuggets have to make a decision if they want to be top to the table. And this could be the right move to not only help them be great, but also secure Jokic's MVP because Aaron Gordon gives him another great option.
0: Man, absolutely he does. And the one thing the Joker knows how to do is find people who are cut into the basket. So that's going to be nice for Aaron Gordon to be playing with.
1: Okay, Matt, where do you want to move to next? Because there's a bunch of different trades that happened, a bunch of different options, some teams moving where else. What really excites you to talk about right now?
0: Well, I think we can touch on the Fournier trade, the Evan Fournier to Boston Celtics, because they didn't really necessarily address their front court issues. I think they added a type of wing player who isn't necessarily the most defensively sound and provides them a lot of kind of what they already had in terms of three-point shooting and being a scorer. I did like the fact that they only had to give up Jeff Teague in a second-round pick. I think they used Jeff Teague's game this week against Memphis where he popped off for 26 points as kind of like a leverage point. But what
1: do you think about that trade, man? I mean, it interests me because I like that it gives the Celtics another you know, ball handler that can make plays. You look at the, you know, the shooting talent that they have, but they're young. So, you know, late into the playoffs, the Celtics have faltered in recent years and haven't really been able to get over that hump. So I don't love the trade, but I think that he fits in nicely. My worry, Matt, is that they traded Daniel Tice away to the Bulls for I don't even remember the the center forward that they traded him for. But you're right. I worry about their front court and Time will tell to see if Boston can, uh, you know, really make it in this year's playoffs.
0: Man, they're below 500 and in that final playoff spot. Nobody thought that, that was going to be the case this year. Uh, definitely, definitely crazy for them. And,
1: oh, they traded for Mo Wagner. Yeah, there you go. So, exactly. I'm not going to say anything else. Mo Wagner. It's maybe, but exactly. Like, it, it's Bogner? crazy. I don't even know. Man. Mo <laughs> Wagner. <whatever. But laughs> I don't know. The Celtics, you're right, though, in that statement. They didn't solve all of their problems. They had that massive trade exception. They're Apparently, they might use Fournier next year to create another trade exception. Like, I don't know what Danny Age is doing, but I'm sure Celtics fans wanted more out of this trade deadline, and they got Fournier.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Oh. Well, a lot of teams had to settle, man. I mean, the Clips, Miami, the 76ers, all teams that were in on Kyle Lowry, they end up getting guards, but not Kyle Lowry-level guards. I like Victor Oladipo going to Miami, though.
1: Man, Miami, Spolstra, like, what a good trade. Like, Miami lost zero rotation pieces to get Oladipo, who fits in, in my opinion, fantastic, especially if... Aldridge ends up joining the Heat, which is rumored in a buyout. Like, I think it's a great decision. You know, Miami was in talks for, you know, we'll discuss the talks later for Kyle Lowry, but I like the trade a lot. I think that Miami gets a W. I don't know what the Rockets are doing. They're they're trying to get picks. They have those great picks for James Harden, but it amazes me what the James Harden trade has turned into for that roster and that organization.
0: Yeah. Um it has not looked pretty for them. Uh Rockets fans are pulling out their hair. It's a 2022 first round pick swap. Kelly O'Linick yeah. and Avery Bradley. Yeah, it's that's yikes for them. They didn't have much leverage though in that trade. I bet you they wish they'd kept Karis Levert.
1: I, I bet you they wish they'd have traded for Ben Simmons. <laughs> like, you want to you want to play that card, Matt? Let's go all the way back. Like, do the trade to Philadelphia. Get Ben Simmons and get less assets. And, wow, you actually have a true young centerpiece to go with around. Christian Wood. You know what I mean? Like, well if you want to play that card, we can go all the way back.
0: Yeah, man. No, I agree. Because Christian Wood's been an all-star this year, but he's
1: gotten very, very little help. Okay, Matt. An underrated move which has a lot of people wondering what the Clippers were thinking, what the Hawks were thinking, and if this is a win or a loss for both teams. So I want to get your opinions. Rajon Rondo, a true point guard who did great things for the Lakers last year in the playoffs when they needed it most, is now on the Clippers. And they just had to give up an unreal score in Lou Will. Is this a W?
0: It's tough for me to classify it as a W. I, I know that they wanted him before the season started. Everybody thought yep. they were going to sign him in the offseason. He chose to take more money in Atlanta and go out with a younger team. He still ends up with the Clippers anyways. But I think the Hawks did really well in this trade. They traded a 35-year-old, Rajon Rondo, who's really, at this point in his career, he's playoff Rondo. That's when you utilize him. So I like that for the Clippers. But they got a really good score to go next to trey young i like lou will he's a little bit old though and then they got two second round picks yeah. that's not bad man considering rayjean rondo was like gonna
1: walk at the end of the year or go to a different team i think it's a good deal i mean the thing is is it all comes down to what happens in the future right like if rondo can be that point guard that they need, right? That Kawhi really needs to get them over the hump. Because, Matt, we're approaching that scary territory for the Clippers where, you know, Kawhi says, I'm done. Playoff P is playoff P. Like, we don't know what's going to happen there. Like, it could be a huge W for them if he's the right answer. And obviously, the Hawks are really trying to figure out what their season is going to be. So, time will tell. That's what that's my thought about this trade, Matt.
0: It's definitely a time will tell for the Clippers. You're right. Because if Rajon Rondo can provide them that point guard that they need, that Kawhi needs in the playoffs, you know what? It was an A-plus kind of trade. But if he doesn't provide them that kind of value and he walks, D-minus.
1: F. <laughs> D-minus. I love it, Matt. Okay, so this weird 76ers trade where they acquired George Hill from OKC, they give up Tony Bradley, Iggy Brasdakis, and some draft picks. And then Terrence Ferguson goes to New York, Austin Rivers goes to OKC. It's this weird trade where the 76ers are getting a guard that helps them, I think. I don't know, Matt. It was a weird trade when it finally happened near the end of the deadline.
0: Yeah, um, he's still, he's a good player. He's yep. relatively
1: cheap. Um,
0: comparatively, If you if you're saying that, you know, Hill is the Lowry replacement in terms of what they got. They're getting a, a similar player. I just don't think that they got quite the leader that Kyle Lowry is, and they do not get the, a defensive monster like Kyle is. He's still serviceable. I think he's good. But, to me,
1: it doesn't really move the needle for them. What it does, you're right, Matt, it doesn't move the needle, but what it does is it gets them Kyle Lowry, light additions to their team and they don't really lose any true rotational pieces to get it and draft picks to the 76ers at this point in time really don't mean anything so I guess we've just figured out what this trade is Matt and what it means for all the teams so you know clap clap well done Matt give yourself a clap on the shoulder you did it because like, I, I don't I don't know 76ers they're doing great you know they're having a great season I still don't have faith in them I'm gonna I stick with it because I said it at the beginning of the season but they're top of the table now, and uh, it's scary, man. I thought we were going to be better, but here we are, all these other teams just making moves, doing great jobs. Ugh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, man. It's it's going to be weird out there. I did like the JaVale McGee trade to Denver. It gives him another center option. I like what he provided on the Lakers championship run last year. Um, that's another good pickup for them. So Denver's looking scary. J.J. Redick to the Mavs, kind of like a light uh, Seth Curry replacement, gives uh, Luka somebody to pass the ball to who can score. Uh, Hopefully he makes the playoffs again this year. I did look like New Orleans, even though I thought Zion was going to drag them back into it. But Luka's definitely doing it, so he can play with Luka.
1: I like the J.J. Redick trade. You know, Luka, you need people who can knock down a shot, You need people that can sneak their way into the corner and be forgotten about when you have, you know, that star in Luca. And I think JJ will provide that. And I think he's going to knock down some great shots for them. And if they can find their way into the playoffs, he will be a valuable asset come that time.
0: Yeah, man, 100%. You know, in 2K, he's got all those Hall of Fame badges for free. so.
1: (laughs) So true. Okay, so other notable trades that are just to be mentioned, uh, the Pistons and the Kings made a swap of guards ex-Toronto uh, guards in uh, oh, Corey yeah. Joseph and DeLon Wright with some picks. You know, I have to bring that up, obviously, because they're ex-Raptor Raptor bros. Definitely, um, Thoughts. Man. You know, I two thought... teams that don't matter but are changing some guards up.
0: I thought that was kind of funny because DeLon Wright got uh traded for Corey Joseph and all those picks. Yeah. So, obviously, DeLon Wright's worth a little bit more, but... I thought they were both pretty comparable players when they played on Toronto. I think Delon Wright's a good player. Again, though, it doesn't move the needle. They're they're for two irrelevant teams in Sacramento and Detroit. So
1: Exactly. It is what it is. Nothing super important. I mean, obviously there's other important trades, but those are Raptors specific, so we'll hold those, you know, for a little bit later on this pod. Matt, I mentioned Aldridge earlier getting bought out. It's confirmed. Um, With the Spurs, that they basically paid him $6 million and were like, go do what you want to do. The Heat are the major interested contenders, but Lamarcus Aldridge could fit on a lot of different teams as a decent rotational bench piece, so I'd love to get your thoughts on him.
0: Man, I mentioned it a couple episodes ago. I think he'd be good in Portland. Um, You're right. I think he would be good in Miami, where they've got Bam Adebayo, who's the more athletic, version of him at this point in his career you know got a lot more ups can help him out on the defensive end while aldridge can still do his magic in the post um he's an intriguing player for a lot of teams uh even boston could potentially go after him if they could get him to sign for cheap because like i said they didn't solve their front court help but that could also work with andre drummond potentially
1: that's it right there's Drummond is the other currently in-the-works buyout option. It's going to happen, like, let's be honest. He's either not going to play and they're going to pay him lots of money, or they're going to pay him a little bit less money and let him walk. And Drummond is, you know, a feasible player. He provides, you know, a a nightly double-double, you know, even if it's 10 points, he provides at least 10 rebounds. Like, he's going to defend the bucket, and he could fit on a lot of teams. And so, yeah, we may have to wait to see where one of them lands before the other one figures it out, but... Interesting bigs in this year's buyout market.
0: Yeah, man, for sure there are some interesting bigs, and who knows? Maybe the Lakers will be on in on the, a couple of them just because Pogsol hasn't really worked out down there. Or I mean, Marcusall, sorry. And uh, <laughs>
1: they wanted Pal at the beginning of the season to reti- come out of retirement to play. So I love that comment. <laughs>
0: but you know, we'll see if they if where these guys end up and and what kind of impact they can make on their teams. Um, it's going to be interesting, man. But I think that's really it
1: for the trade deadline this week. I mean, that's all the really big, important things. I mean, we'll get to, I mean, we'll talk about it more in Raps Chat about the Raptors side of things. But Matt, big things that happened last week. It was kind of a quiet week. There was some good overtime wins. Like, you know, a player or two had some big moments. But I think everybody was just kind of like hanging out until Thursday, waiting for today for the trade deadline, right?
0: Yeah, it kind of felt that way, man. Um, I do want to mention Lucas thirty eight nine to nine against Portland. Uh, even though they lost one twenty five to one nineteen, he's uh, an animal. I don't. To me, he's one of the best players in the NBA. Like him and Zion are the top two young studs that I would want to build around right now. Um, Donovan Mitchell with forty two four and six. Like, come on, man. These guys are wildly good. But Washington got them, eh? Westbrook and Beal, Westbrook's 35, 15, and 13, Beal's 43 points, finally dropped a ton of points in a win, I'm sure that felt good
1: for him, what do you think, man, how was this week for you? I mean, Washington's up to 15 wins now, they're slowly crawling back towards potential options, I mean, it was interesting, I was busy working a lot of the league, I'll be honest, I didn't get to watch a lot of basketball this week, so for me, it was mostly just, you know, watching the games, checking the box scores, being sad about the Raps, taking L after L after L, you know, looking at the injuries and seeing how they affected things and just looking. my The thing that really surprises me is I still can't believe that the Phoenix Suns are sitting at the two spot in the Western Conference. Like, they have been playing so well of late. They had that overtime win against New York on Sunday. Like, that's the big surprise for this week for me, Matt. Otherwise, it was just F5 in the keyboard for trade deadline madness. <laughs> Man.
0: Phoenix is absolutely rolling along. They could be the next team in that Western Conference to hit 30 wins. Uh, you got pretty lucky there. Uh, the fact that the the Jazz came to Toronto during our nine-game losing streak. Because um, Philadelphia and Brooklyn, both at 31 and 30 wins, but Utah still pacing the league at 32. Um yeah, man. It's 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 very interesting for Phoenix right now. I think they're a great team. They, they figured it out. CP3, buddy. Oh, yeah. I hope he gets a ring.
1: Man, you want that, right? The dream is for him to get a ring before his career ends. But it's crazy, Matt. I'm loving the basketball that we're getting to have right now. I'm loving that, you know, it's kind of not as much snow on the ground anymore. So my ski season is coming to the end. So while I'm sad, I get to watch more basketball, which is a positive in my life. Matt, can we touch on college hoops real quick before we go into Raps chat? Because the Sweet 16 is set. Last week there was some crazy upsets. Are the Zags shoe-ins now? Like, it's kind of a wild time and people are paying attention, but also like there's so much NBA that that's kind of also in this in the limelight right now.
0: Yeah, man. I think with trade deadline being the same week as uh March Madness, it's it makes it a little less exciting. Um and I, I think for the, the fact that I think for the first time since the 70s, that Duke, uh, Kansas, um, Kentucky, and UNC are not in the Sweet 16, not one of them is, is in there. That's pretty wild. And I, yeah, man, the Zags look like they've got the best team in, in college basketball. I think they're a shoe in, especially without top guys like Cade Cunningham. Uh, Suggs look like he's one of the best NBA prospects. Back. So, when you've got a deep program that doesn't really rely on one-and-dones,
1: and and they finally get a one-and-done, they're going to be hard to stop, man. I don't disagree, but Matt, aren't you rooting for, you know, 15-seed Oral Roberts? Like, you can't get excited for this upset city team that, you know, Stephen A. was just getting absolutely excited about saying their name over and over and over again. It was so good.
0: Man... They're a good story, but I'm I'm gonna roll with the Zags because they always have that sweet, sweet Canadian content on their team for some reason. Started with Kelly O'Linick back in the day, and it just continues on. They always produce some really good Canadian basketball players.
1: So let's go Zags. Look, I can't disagree with you there. I don't wanna take the Zags because I feel like they're the number one. So uh one of my boys in America, a friend of mine, he he reps Michigan, so You know, one of the other one seeds left. I'm going to say Michigan at this point might have it, but it's exciting, Matt. I'm pretty sure next week we'll get to talk uh, when either the Final Four is set or right before the end. So uh, we'll come back to college hoops later. Definitely
0: we'll talk about it more next week because let's talk about the Raptors, man. It was a weird trade deadline for us. After that nine-game losing streak, getting beat just barely by the Jazz, then losing to the Cavs where Siakam and Nick Nurse get into it, letting the Rockets end a 20-game losing streak by blowing us out by 18 points. The one
1: game I got to watch of the Raps this week, like, ouch, sucks to be me.
0: Brutal, man. Maybe you're bringing the curse. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Because I watched that game last night where they went uh, and blew out the Nuggets. I also want to shout out the fact that it was the first NBA broadcast that was completely casted by women. Uh, So every single commentator was a female. And maybe that just works for the raps. Maybe we should just keep rolling with it. Hey,
1: man, I brought up last week that it was going to happen. And I'm pretty sure I made an offhanded joke being like, maybe it'll be the luck we need. And hey, it turned it out. We had this 135-111 win that I'm like, excited about, but also kind of sad about because... I mean, I don't know, Matt, you read my recent article. I'm fully embracing the fade for Cade, you know, in, in part, at this point because nine losses, Matt, nine in a row, like it was painful to watch that happen yeah. and just pay attention to it as the weeks progressed.
0: It reminds me of uh, 2013 and pre-2013 Raptors oh basketball. Oh before we got Kyle, before they became the all-star duo of Demar and Kyle, it's it's rough. I feel like we're headed back for that those dark days, but in Masai we trust. Um, I didn't love the fact that he scared away a ton of teams with his Kyle Lowry asking price because I don't want to lose him in the off season for nothing. But let's talk about the trades that we have have seen before we kind of do the hypothetical Kyle.
1: All right, all right. So let's get the two small ones out of the way before I cry about Norm God. So Matt Thomas to the Jazz. Thoughts about letting the European sharpshooter go and potentially play on a Jazz team that gets to go all the way? Hey, man, honestly,
0: he wasn't playing that much for us. Nick Nurse didn't trust his defense. I think he'll get a lot more playing time in that system over in Utah because he can hit the three, and that's what they're about over there. Second-round pick is pretty nice for a player that you just kind of sign out of Europe,
1: so I'll take it. I mean, he's basically just going to be another Joe Ingles for that team. So I think it's a win. We were, in my opinion, just clearing spaces for a big Lowry trade that was hopefully coming through, but it didn't end up happening. Matt, Terrence Davis getting sent to Purgatory in the Kings. Thoughts? Like, I'm kind of sad because I think he had potential, but also with the controversy that he was going through, like, it's nice not to have to think about that anymore.
0: Definitely nice not to have to think about the controversy He, too, was uh, being used sparingly. Nick Nurse didn't necessarily love him, especially at the beginning of the year with all that rumor surrounding him. I think he's a good player, and he's got some good upside. I think his defensive intensity definitely wanes. Um, It was a decent trade. Again, another second-round pick. Masai seems to have a knack for finding players in the second round anyways. So hopefully we can turn those two picks into players, man, because... We're definitely building for the future at this point.
1: It's a soft rebuild, Matt. Like, okay. I'm going to just shed some tears really quickly for Norm because I'm going to miss that man so much. Okay, let's...
0: One of your fave players, man. Pull
1: pull it back together. The The Milwaukee Slayer. uh, Man, if we ever play Milwaukee in the playoffs and lose, I'm going to just text you and just be like, this is because we lost Norm, Matt, 100%. But no.
0: No Norm God.
1: (laughs) In all seriousness... I wish this trade had a pick attached to it. I don't love Rodney Hood unless he can turn around his injury problems and be a potential forward that can be useful for our rotation. But I'm looking at this Gary Trent Jr. piece. This 22-year-old guard who's a restricted free agent next year. A great three-point shooter, can play three and D. I like that, man. I think he's a great option for this soft rebuild that we're kind of looking for.
0: Man, I really like Gary Trent Jr. He's the major piece in this and probably why Portland didn't have to attach a pick to it. I would have agreed. I like I would have liked to see a pick. Um but I think they're very similar in terms of what they provide. They're both good scorers. Uh both got nice threes. Gary Trent's also 6 years younger. Way cheaper. I mean, I know he's in RFA this year, but I don't think he's gonna get a huge raise off the, the two point five. He'll probably get start get paid like regular NBA money, which is around like ten, fifteen. And Norm's gonna definitely command north of twenty. I read an article that the Pacers are willing to outpay everybody this offseason for him. So
1: I think it was a good trade. What about you? So I love all your points. It's kind of funny because Gary Trent is kind of just like a, re- a norm reset. You know what I mean? Like, because he's going to come in and he's going to get a norm-like contract. You know, or at the earlier phases when he was when he was a little bit lesser. And he's going to have the opportunity to play into our rotation and figure out what type of player he wants to be. And if I couldn't get Matisse Stiebel as a guard rotation that plays good defense that's young that I could be hyped about, I like Gary Trent. I'll be honest. And I look at Norm heading to Portland... And I said in the article that I wrote, Matt, that he would be a great third option on a contending team. And, you know, Portland is going to have Dame Dollar as that number one option, and they're always going to be figuring out if CJ is number two, if Jerkic could be number two. And Norm, if he wants to stay there, if he could be convinced to stay, would be a fantastic piece, considering the injury woes that that team has gone through. But I think you're right, Matt. Like, If he goes to somewhere else, the world is his oyster, and he can really figure out where he wants to go.
0: Yeah, the biggest thing that I think we're going to miss about Norm is the way that he attacked the rim, because he was probably our only guard besides TD, but a guard who got regular minutes. Agreed. Who attacked the rim. So, kind of sad.
1: Definitely sad. He will be missed. Norm, God, I'm going to shed another tear. Okay, we need to move past him. And think about the man himself, the Raptors Goat. Matt, he stay... The Heat wouldn't give up Hero. Philly wouldn't spend enough. The Lakers wouldn't include Tucker. I'm, like, upset that he didn't get traded because I was so ready for it. I'm not upset that he's still here. It just really, again, it comes down to what the next steps is for him, whether he stays, whether he goes. We were to- talking about a sign-in trade potentially this offseason, but at the end of the day, Larry stays and the groat remains. Yeah,
0: man, I think uh, Lowry on his birthday getting to stay is kind of fun. Hmm. Um, I liked Demar's post about him: "Happy born day to my dog Kyle Lowry." Old jokes he ain't even funny no more. Lol, <laughs> you just losing swag. <laughs> oh, I love those too. Yeah, man, you see him call him in the at the end of I think the the Cleveland loss while Kyle's doing a press conference. Demar gives him a call. Kyle answers. He's like, yo, man, I'll call you back. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny.
1: He's probably upset that Kyle let Drake actually have some words instead of letting Demar have words in that recent interview.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. Unfortunately, I don't think we did right by him and our organization today. I would have taken a little bit less from Philadelphia, either Matisse Theibel or Tyrese Maxey. And I wouldn't have asked for both. Um, I might have taken Tyler Hero and maybe made the pick a little bit worse because I think Tyler Hero's got a big ceiling. I I just think that he's 35. He's in the last year of his contract. He could walk, man. He could just walk for nothing. And that's scary to me. Hopefully we can get a sign and trade with him this year so that we can get some asset compensation back. And I think that Kyle would do that for us because – he is the Groat. Um, and he said that he was going to retire a, a Raptor. This makes it seem definitely more plausible, but I would have liked to see some picks or something come back because you're
1: right, man. We need
0: a rebuild at this point, a soft rebuild.
1: I think I really want to hear what information comes out in the next few days because I think the Philly trade was really the option that was going to go through. And I've heard the, you know, Maxi, Tyrese, and two picks is what. Uh we were asking as our as our baseman, and I'm like, that's dumb, like you asked for one of them and two picks or both of them and one pick, and I think that would have been a reasonable trade for Lowry, in my opinion, depending on what Philly really valued in terms of wanting to keep that pick or wanting to keep those players, for example,
0: because mm-hmm. I think that
1: they would have been the perfect option and i and I look at the heat who I really don't think they want to let go of Tyler here. I really think that they were very hard on Tyler Hero, and Masai, like you and me, Matt, didn't want Duncan Robinson. As much as we would have loved Kelly Olynyk and would have been a great fit for our team, like, it just didn't happen. And then the Lakers deal, I don't know what was going on in that conversation. That might have just been a scramble, but trying to get Avery Bradley, uh, KCP, and Talon Horton Tucker, like, that's a lot, in my opinion, from a team yeah, that has Dennis championship Shruder, caliber right? and wouldn't do it. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder, yeah.
0: Sorry, not... not um... Forget the play that you even said. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, but yeah, you're right. The Lakers definitely couldn't get Kyle Lowry, not for Schroeder, not not if they're not going to include Taylor and Horton Tucker, and they'd have to give up more than that, really, in my opinion. So I'm, I, I guess I'm glad that we didn't give him up for for nothing. But again, I would have loved to see something coming back our way, man.
1: Uh, what I will say, you, Matt is that it's just another example of the league disrespecting the Raptors. And as much as Kyle Lowry isn't worth a ton, because you're right, he's 35, he's at the age, he would provide a certain team like the Heat, like Philly, that true championship caliber mentality, and will be valuable for the next two years on a run. So it's an example of him, you know... Potentially Masai asking a little bit too much, but, you know, other teams also just really undervaluing Kyle for what he's worth. So it's sad at the end of the day, but who knows? Maybe we'll get more in the future because of it.
0: Hey, man, teams were undervaluing CP3 for the longest time since he was traded from the Rockets. And look what he's doing with, he did it with OKC last year. We got that team to the playoffs and look what he's doing with Phoenix right now. You need a point guard leader. And I'm not not saying Kyle Lowry is on the level of CP3. I get that they're on different levels. But Kyle's pretty darn close, man, in terms of being a floor general, in terms of being a leader, somebody who knows how to win. And he has a championship ring, so he has done it before. Exactly. I think he was worth more. You're right. The league slighted us.
1: Yeah. And I, I love the Chris Paul, you know, connection and comparison, because I think Lowry is the type of player that could have gone through a journey like CP3 did, and you're right, he's not the player that he is in terms of his offensive talent and just the way that CP controls, but I think that he could have led teams to similar stories with what CP3 did with those teams in his years. So yeah, I hope the best for Lowry. I was fully expecting to come onto this pod today, Matt, and be, you know, saying goodbye to the greatest Raptor of all time, but uh, we can wait another few months for that. At least.
0: And just wish him a happy birthday, man.
1: Hey, yeah, that's true. Happy 31st birthday, Kyle Lowry. The Groot.
0: 35, man. Jeez. Yo, I've got a question, though. Yeah. We kept Kyle Lowry. We still have Fred Van Vliet. Pascal Siakam played one of his best games of the season last night. OG and Anobi looked like a monster last night. If
1: we can get the COVID shake-off and go on a bit of a run... Do you think we could make the playoffs? I'm totally down to make the plan and get slapped by Brooklyn in the first round. Like, I don't know, man. I'm not. Like, exactly. I'm not. I don't want that to happen, obviously. But, you know, it's totally plausible. It's totally thing. And I think the rotation is going to be really interesting to figure out because we moved a lot of guards, Matt. We really did. But we didn't pick up any, you know, rotation. I still want Boucher to start. I really hope that he gets more opportunities and we just say, screw it. Let's, Let's let the quote unquote young. He's 28, obviously. Let's let the new guys have some time and figure out who is going to be the best options around, you're right, the studs and what OG and Pascal is doing. And who knows, man, I'm just excited to see the future at this point.
0: Yeah, man, because we're going to have to start ushering in a new era of winning basketball. Um, It might not start this week. We've got a a decently tough week, kind of 50-50 with Suns Blazers. Those are tougher matchups, but Piston Thunder. Uh, could be some easier, especially without Shea on, on the Thunder with the plantar fascia.
1: I'm hoping for a 2-2 week, Matt. Let's be honest. Hey, man. Anything above that would be great. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Shall we move into some predictions, some takes, see if we can do better than last week?
0: Yeah, man. and I'm definitely going to go on the long term here. I think oh. I've been better <laughs> at predicting the longer term than the shorter term. So I'm going to say... Even though Connor McDavid has 60 points in 34 games, even though he's on pace for 99 points, so only one off 100, 40 and 22 is just a little bit too much for me at this point. Things get tighter down the stretch, and I say McDavid falls short of 100 points. He breaks 90, but I think
1: 95 is his max. Somebody call McDavid. Let him know that Matt is trying to throw the curse under him. Matt. I'm with you. I, too, am going to go for a future type of call, mostly just because I don't want to take another L next week. But I really like what the Bulls have done at this trade deadline. I really am excited to see Vooch on that team. I think they're going to make their way to the 5-6 seed, and if they get higher than that, I'll be super pumped for them.
0: Hey, man, I think they're coming for a playoff spot. I think they, they've got some teams in their sights. And like I said, it's a logjam at the bottom of the of the east At from four to, to nine to ten so anything's possible
1: to uh, 11 12 with the wraps as well but matt you're right anything is possible anything else you got to say this week or shall we take it out
0: man at 12 we're pretty far behind everybody trust me we're like what like eight or nine games below 500 yikes Yeah,
1: hopefully we lose this week and we get the fade shall we take it out matt
0: yeah buddy take us out
1: Beautiful. Well, thanks everybody for being here. Check out more from us at theboardsports.net. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. This podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Follow us for new episodes and blog posts.
0: And we'll talk to you next time.